sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward Mills. Thank you that where the word of the king is, there's power. Let your power be manifested in our lives today by the word that shall come forth. I pray that your word will go forth freely and your word will be glorified. Be exalted in our midst, Lord. Let Jesus be lifted up and let us all be drawn to him. Help us to be doers of your word and not hearers only deceiving ourselves. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Please sit down. I want to wish you all, especially all mothers and all the brothers because you are here because of a woman. I want to wish you all a happy Mother's Day. Amen. And um, I would like to also honor all mothers there are different types of mothers, or mothering comes in different ways, I should say. Um, the Bible talks about Eve being a mother of the living. All of us living, she's our mother. She's not just our producer, reproducer or something. The Bible says she's a mother. The Bible also said about Rebecca that two nations are in your womb. Amen. So mothers don't just carry people, they also carry destinies, they carry futures, and we can even carry a nation in our womb. I wonder how many brothers can carry nations. <laughs> Although they say they've already made it. How many of you know that God resists the proud? But he gives grace to the humble. Amen. So happy Mother's Day to all of us. Some people have been spiritual mothers to us. Some have been mothers who have nurtured us in the things of life. Older women who have taught younger women how to live and what to do. Some of us have given birth to people spiritually who were in darkness. And God has used us as a channel to translate them from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. And we are very grateful for that. Amen. And then also, some of us are mothers even of posterity, of generations yet unborn, that we've given birth to something and God will bring to pass. So I want to encourage your hearts that there are different tributaries that make us mothers. And I pray that you will avail yourself for God to use you for one of these. It's not enough to just produce biologically. 
after your kind. But you must produce also spiritually what comes out of you. So God bless you, mothers. I know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. I think that heaven will have many surprises and that the reward for mothers and women, like Rick Joyner said, he saw women and mothers and children on thrones. So our reward is not here. So if you have a wayward child, a child that causes you grief, remember that God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love. Amen. This morning, I want to speak to you about consider. Things that we must consider in our lives. Many times with the hustle and bustle of life, everything moving very fast, um, the busyness of life, we hardly ever stop to consider anything. And, um, but the Bible teaches us to consider. And that is why in the book of Psalms, you have the word seller. It means pause and think. You know, so the, the Bible may say, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present, time, present help in time of trouble. And it, I don't know if this particular verse says seller, but it may say seller. And you say, oh, but I know that God is our refuge and our strength. But he's, the, what the psalmist is saying that, stop. Think about it. Think about it seriously and carefully. And then let it affect your actions and your conduct. Amen. So this morning we are going to look at a few things that God tells us to consider. Amen. Come with me to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Verse 5. Thou shalt also consider in thine heart that as a man chasteneth his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. Thou shalt also consider in thine heart. In thine heart. So it's not even enough to just consider, but where you do the consideration is also important. And when something comes from your heart, that is the real you. That is why when Bishop Saki was preaching the last time, last week, he said that what you say reveals who you are. Especially what you say in your unguarded moments. Because if you're a politician, what you say does not necessarily show who you are. But in your unguarded moments, or in the moments when yourself has come, what you say really shows what is in your heart. So the Bible is saying here that we should consider in our hearts that as a man chasteneth his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. And the word chasten is an old word that means simply put to discipline, to correct. And correction can involve rebukes. If you remember, some of our mothers they won't even speak, you know. My mother would say, you slice the yam or dice the onions and you are doing what you know best to do before you know a flat hand like this is hitting your back. Hey, you dice, 
happening? You go like this. So it's not all rebuke that is even spoken. Some of the rebukes is delivered by hand. And it can inflict pain on you. In fact, growing up, I felt that my mother's correction was too much. That at a point, I think teachers are like that. At a point, I told her once when she was blasting me and I said that, I had tears in my eyes and I said, you know, I just know that you are not my biological mother. I was about 11 years old and I said, from the way you behave, whenever people, other, my siblings do things that are wrong, you rebuke them, but it's not with such force. But when I do something, you rebuke me so sharply and so, so, please just do me a favor, take me to my real mother. And then, when my father came home, she told my father. So my father called me and said, so what does your mother do that makes you feel that? I said, oh, every time. You know, I was the youngest girl. I said, every time when my sister does something, she will correct her, but it's like with more love. But when it's me, she will add her slippers, her hands. I mean, I don't understand it. Then my father, my father wasn't angry. He took it very lightly. He smiled. And he said, you don't have any mother anyway. This is your mother. Thank God that he has a heart of forgiveness. <laughs> because it was when I was growing up, I got to know that my other siblings, some of them, their mother had passed away. And so I think my mother felt that she has to be softer on them. You know, and that I rather was the real biological daughter. But I rather was receiving the chastening big time. And the Bible says that it is whom the Lord loves that he chastens. And so sometimes, even when you are a lawyer, you are not allowed to prosecute or take to court your own case or a case of any close family member like your spouse or your child. When you are a surgeon, it is not advisable to operate on your own wife or your own child because the love is so much that in the end, you don't even perform. Because you love the person to even cut. You'll be thinking about a lot of things. So if I cut here, what does it mean? If I make this incision, So that love ends up making you incompetent. Ends up making you not cool and collected and you are not able to take sober judgment. So it is advised that don't do that. So it is the people that God loves that God chastens. Amen. Come with me to Hebrews chapter 12 verse 5. Amen. Hebrews chapter, we can read from verse 3. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children, my son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Please go back to verse 5. Despise not 
the chastening of the Lord. Sometimes you are disciplined, but you despise it. Just like I was despising my mother's discipline, that it's not for anything good. She doesn't have any good mind. You know, she's just not my mother. She's a stepmother. That's why she's behaving that way. And we are fed with this stepmother image from childhood. We read about Cinderella and the stepmother who was so wicked. We, re- we read about Rapunzel and the stepmother who was so wicked. So we are already baptized in that before we even understand our Bible. So it makes us despise every chastening that comes from the Lord. You look down upon it. When you go through hard times, or God is disciplining you about something, or go through your pastor, or your bishop, or your shepherd, is rebuking you, or correcting you, or disciplining you, or making you go through a hard patch, you despise it. You don't think that, oh, this is something divine. This is something that may have a purpose in it. This is something that I may not understand for now, but God, I'm sure, has a purpose for it. No, we, we, we develop an attitude when we are being chastened. And it says that don't faint when thou art rebuked. So when you, are being, when you are being corrected, the two temptations you have is to despise the chastening or to faint that I'm tired, I can't take anymore. The cup is full. Enough is enough. You faint when you are rebuked. But when you are rebuked, it should rather be a time of strengthening for you. And it takes you and I having a spiritual attitude and a spiritual outlook on things like that before we can come out properly. Don't faint when you are rebuked. Sometimes... I'm talking to my children, and when I'm saying, you don't do this, you don't what, then I see them, they are going away. I say, you are walking away because you don't want to hear it, isn't it? You better stand there. You know, and they tell me, hey, when you are talking to us, you don't talk to us like the daughter, you can make it, people. The daughter, you can make it, people, you talk to them so nicely. I said, but what you are doing, will a daughter, you can make a person do this? Answer it for me. As you are walking away like that, the daughter you can make a person will not walk away like that for me to want to lift my voice. And my sons now, when they call me daughter, they don't. <laughs> but as they are maturing, you know, it was Mothering Sunday in the UK, I think in March. And my son sent me a text. Mommy, first of all, I want to say that One of the things about you that really touches me is your patience. You have had so much patience for me and for all my ways. And I want to tell you that I'm praying to God to have a wife like you. Oh, that was something. I felt like crying. It was so sweet. So when you rebuke the person, the person has an attitude. I don't want, but out of love, you continue to rebuke the person. And sometimes now, when I'm saying, you see, why, when I'm talking, why are you behaving like this? Why, whatever? My children would tell me, they have not had some experience before. I said, what do you mean some experience? They don't have a daddy like daddy. That's why they, 
when it's exams, they are playing, they've gone, they, they, don't, they, don't, they haven't met something. So now, as they are growing up, they do not despise the chastening. But when the chastening was going on, they despised it. And that is the mark of childishness. So when we are mature as Christians, whilst the chastening is going on, we must not despise it. Some of my children, I will wake them up. Get up and do this work. You are going to do BC. As soon as I wake them up, I go to my room. I come back. The person has gone to bed. It's like, you are worrying me. And even when they come, some face, as if they are learning for you. Hey. And I tell them, you know what? I'm already educated. And not only am I only educated, I've done postgraduates. And postgraduate, postgraduate. Do you understand? And you, you, you are an illiterate. And look at your attitude. When my daughter finished BEC, she was so happy. Oh, mommy, I want to go and perm my hair. I want to do that. I said, why? She said, because I've finished school. I said, you finished school? Hey, then you are to be pitied. If this is finishing school, then something is wrong. And when I was telling her that, you see, I have finished all this. Daddy and I have finished. You know, so you have to sit up and do. Hey, mommy, now you are proud. You say you've done postgraduate. You've done this. That is not what I'm saying. But now, I went to visit her in Wesley Girls. And she said, call daddy for me. So I called and she took the phone and said, daddy, thank you so much for all the books you bought me for the encouragement you gave me. It's true. I did well. But when I look back, I could have done far better. You see, when the chastening was going on, you had an attitude. Now you are telling me that, oh, I see that, you see, it was like tennis or something. I could have done better. When you woke me, if I had woken up, my marks would have been stronger. I said, but you did well. Said, oh, but I see that with a little more effort. Why? Because you despise chastening. So when you despise chastening, you lose out on what you could really have been in your walk with God. And the chastening is happening anyway. So why don't you decide to just have a good attitude, a good mind, and a good heart? Consider that whom the the Lord loves, he chastens. And also despise it not so that you will not faint. When you are rebuked. Verse 6, 7. 7. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? Verse 8. But if ye be without chastisement, whereof are all our partakers, then you are bastards and not sons. Verse 9. Furthermore, we have had fathers in our flesh who corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we, much, we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? Verse 10, and I'm ending soon. For, ver- for they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. It says that if you are a child that we can't speak into your life, you can't be chastened, you can't be rebuked, you can't go through any unpleasant situation, then you are a bastard. 
And it's true. When I'm walking on the road, I see children. They are selling. They are selling dog chains. Or they are behaving in a certain way. Sometimes if I'm at a traffic light, I may stop and speak to them. Uko school. School in But on a normal day, if it's green, I'll just go by. Why? Because I don't have any relationship with them. They are not my sons. They are not my children. They are not sheep. I don't have any shepherdorial relationship with them. So I may have a heart for them, but there's very little that I can do. I cannot get into their lives. Have you done your homework? Get up and learn. Why are you doing this? Cook now. Do this. I can't do that. Because they are, if you like, as far as I am concerned, bastards. Because I didn't give birth to them. I don't have any relationship with them. So I cannot speak into their lives. But we are children of God. And we must allow God to speak into our lives. Your depth of spirituality shows up, I said, when the storms come. When unpleasant things are said said to you and you don't like it. When you are going this way and then you are rebuked that go and walk on the right. When your expectations come crashing and yet a higher voice is telling you still walk on this road. Can you be corrected? When things are fine, there's no problem. But when there's correction, there's a problem. And our hearts begin to change and we become some way. Consider that the ones that the Lord loves, those are the people he chastens. Let's continue from where we left off, please. No, no. Go on, go on, go on. Up to about verse 11. It says that no chastening for the present seemeth joyous. I will not pretend to you that when you are being cane, then you say, oh, mommy, cane me some more. When you are being cane, oh, mommy, give me some more. No. In Akosombo Secondary, when my son went to school with his friend, another pastor's son, I don't know, for some reason, in boys' schools, they beat I mean, another child can just get a cane and flog your child. Or take a belt and just flog your child. And so this boy knew he was going to be flogged. So when he was going to school, he took a lot of newspapers. He put it in his shorts. And so as the people were beating him, they saw that the chastening was not working. He was laughing. And instead of pretending that, so they pulled down his shorts. Lo and behold, it was not easy for him. They beat him more than ever. So no chastening seemeth joyous unless there's graphic times or PMP in your shorts. So we cannot pretend that chastening is pleasant. And the Bible tells us the truth. It says, but grievous. It's painful. It causes grief. It's difficult. I like the Bible because it tells us as it is. You know, usually when brothers are proposing to sisters, they, they, sometimes they tell them lies. Oh, I can even fly. Flying is my hobby. Then the sister too, she likes stories. <laughs> oh, really? Remember that dark soap advert? Then he goes to bring his laundry. <laughs> so sometimes... People can't tell us the truth because we cannot receive it. But the Bible will tell you the truth. It is not, it seemeth grievous. It's not easy. It's not nice. It's unpleasant. Nevertheless, afterwards, it yieldeth the peaceable fruits of righteousness unto them 
which are exercised thereby. Verse 12. When you walk in that chastening, although it is grievous, it yielded afterwards, not whilst you are going through it, it's afterwards. It yielded the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Hallelujah. And then this is my last verse. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. Verse 13. And make straight paths for your feet. Lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but rather let it be healed. Why is the Bible saying, lift up the hands that hang down and the feeble limbs, the, the feeble limbs that they may not be turned, the lame limbs that they may not be turned out of the way. It means that when you are going through that chastening, your hands grow weary. Your feet and your limbs come to the place where they are being turned out of the way. That's the temptation also that comes with chastening. Apart from despising it, apart from growing weary so that you give up, your hands become weary. Your feet are lame. You can't walk anymore because when they came to you, the corporal punishment was over and above. And what you went through has made you lame like Jacob when he wrestled with the angel. The hollow of his thigh was affected, but he yielded a peaceable fruit of righteousness. For his name was changed from deceiver to Israel, a prince with God and men. But when you have that hollow whatever, is what happened when you went through that wrestling. What happened when you went through that difficulty. But in the end, it will bring you to a place where you will become a prince. And the Bible says that, be careful that those feet do not be turned out of the way, but rather let it be healed. The healing of your limbs because of what you've gone through. The healing of your weary hands because of what you've went through depends on you. It says, but rather let it, permit it, allow it to be healed. I pray that this morning you will consider the chastening of the Lord you may not be going through anything now, but it's the future that counts. In marriage, the Lord can chasten you. In fact, marriage is a classroom where God chastens you the most. And when he chastens you, your hands can grow weary. And your feet can be lame. And you decide that, you know what? Lame feet, it takes a long time and it's painful to walk. So I would like to make a diversion here. I'm not going to stay on this path anymore. I'm going to go off somewhere. The Bible says No. Hang in there and allow it to be healed instead of being turned out of the way because you will yield the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Consider the chastening of the Lord. Stand to your feet, please. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I want us to talk to God in a brief time. We just have a few minutes. Talk to God about your life. What is the chastening? Is this something you are asking him for that you don't have? It may be a chastening or a discipline. We don't know. But we have to go through with the right attitude. Talk to God. Talk to him about the future. You don't know. Ask him to give you a spirit that does not despise his chastening.
or does not grow weary with his rebuke. Pray that your lame feet, when you come to that place, will not be turned out of the way. And pray that your hands that you used to lift up will not grow weary. As you walk with the Lord and you come into a place of chastening, he will give you the grace to consider. To consider. You are all I want. Mm. You are all I've ever needed. You are all. You are all. time of chastening, in the time of rebuke, in the time of pruning, Lord, give us the grace to stand. Give us the grace from our hearts to consider. Give us the grace that our feet may not be turned out of the way. And for those of us whose feet are being turned out of the way this morning, I speak healing, oh God. Holy Spirit you are here this morning you don't know Jesus as your savior you are not sure if you are a son or you are a bastard you are not sure whether you go to heaven or hell when you die you want to say lady reverend pray for me I want to be sure I want to go to heaven when I die I want to make my life straight and my feet straight with God if you are here like that this morning just lift up your hands I'll pray with you wherever you may be standing. Lift up your hands if you want to give your life to Jesus. Lift up your hands if your feet are not in the ways of God. Every eye closed and every head bowed. You want to give your life to Jesus. I want to pray for you. Father, thank you. Thank you for your many mercies. Thank you that we have a high priest who is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. When we get to that parched place, may we endure as seeing him who is invisible. Thank you for answered prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Hewitt Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi, or meet her on Facebook at Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Hewitt Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.